Welcome to the light of the world. Jesus Christ came into the world because of the love that God hath for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Pastor Jackie Martin has been in a series on love. Today, she's going to talk about love in action. Join us for this dynamic message. I also want you to join us as she talks about how we love each other and how we can make a great difference in the lives of those that we are in a relationship with, whether it's our family members, church members, children, relatives, associates, and neighbors. Stay tuned, and after today's message, you can find out how you can hear it in its entirety. Now come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. We all have these five ways to express love emotionally. But we must be willing to learn our partner's primary language if we're going to be an effective communicator of love. See, most of us grow to learn the languages of love from our parents, from our siblings, because that becomes the primary way you of seeing love demonstrated. And so it becomes the primary way that you are going to communicate love. See, if mother was touchy-feeling, most of the daughters are going to be touchy-feeling. It's going to be like, hey, listen, if you're not touching me, something is wrong. It means that you're not loving me. And so we are exposed to our environment. We are exposed to loving, um, having a, a language that is exposed to us even from little children. We are surrounded by people that are communicating love. So when you get in a marriage relationship and when your spouse do not communicate love to you in the way that you have experienced it in your home, then it's it leaves you empty. It leaves you in a place where you say, well, listen, we didn't do it like that in our house. We were touchy-feely all the time. We always gave compliments. We bought gifts. We served each other. So we are looking for the same type of love that we have been exposed to in our family. See, the way your parents communicate love or your dominant caregiver, because you could have a grandmother that raised you or you could be adopted or something like that. You're going to most likely communicate love in the same way. Why? Because it is comfortable and that is what you've been exposed to. See, to speak and to understand our family love language best, that is what we do because we are comfortable speaking that language because we have been exposed to that environment as an environment of some things that we are familiar with. So it is comfortable for us to to walk in that space of showing love. But later we learn additional love languages, but usually it takes much more effort. In other words, it doesn't come natural. It doesn't come easy to us 
because that's, it's a kind of love that we are not familiar with. But there's something that I've learned about dating. In the process of dating, even though when we get married, we say, well, no, that's not my love language. That's not the way that I receive love. When we are dating, we are able to use all of those five different love languages. We are bilingual when we're dating. Oh, you know, you might not be good at words of affirmation, but when you're dating, you'll find something. You're going to pull it out of the bag. You're going to say, hey, listen. Oh, girl, you look good, man. Oh, you're the best thing that I've ever seen. You're going to find a way. Quality time. Oh, all I want to do is spend time with you. Oh, you know what? I'm going to make some time. I know I work eight hours a day, but I'm going to carve it out. I'm going to give you some time. I'm, uh, you like receiving gifts? I'm going to give you some gifts acts of service let me put some gas in your car let me take it to the car wash let me do all we become bilingual but something happens when we get married we kind of lose some of our languages the problem is that we get comfortable in our relationships. And so, therefore, in our, when we're comfortable in our relationship and we refuse to minister to our spouse, we refuse to minister to them according to their lung, love language, we leave them empty. I want you to think about a bank. All of you are familiar with a bank, so I want you to think about the love bank. And so if I have a love bank, I need you to come and make some deposits every, at least every once in a while. See, because if you just make deposit once a year, listen, I'm going to be on empty. I'm not going to have everything that I need to really to thrive in this relationship. See, no one gets married to have an unsuccessful or an unfulfilling relationship. No one, except if it's an arranged relationship. When it's arranged, you know, hey, I'll marry you so I can have some insurance. They're doing that now today. Oh, so you can be on my insurance, I'll marry you. Oh, so I can come into the country, let me marry you. But there's no relationship there. That's not a genuine, that's a uh, contract. That's an agreement. It is not covenant. That's not a covenant relationship according to the word of God. But marriage is work. You have to work at having a successful relationship. Singles, do you hear me? Marriage is work. So you're not going to get over here and get married and decide that I'm not going to do mo no more work. No, as a matter of fact, you're probably going to do more work when you get in a marriage relationship rather than you staying single. See, because when you're single, all you got to worry about is you. You ain't got to please nobody else but you. Oh, you don't got to take care of nobody else with you. You can eat where you want to. You can go to the places that you want to. You don't have to compromise. All you got to do is please you. But when you have a partner and you're married, then there is compromise in our relationships. With, there are needs that need to be met. There are, are desires that need to be fulfilled. We need to meet each other's needs. So let me say this up and clear. 
so that you can fully understand. If you decide to get married, make sure that you have a desire to meet the needs of someone else. And you have a desire to put their needs above your needs. Even if it's not reciprocal, even if you get nothing else out of it, that is what true love. Because sometimes we get married, we have an expectation that we're going to get all of this stuff back. See, you have the expectation that the romance is going to go on. You say, you know, oh, they're going to just romance me. They're going to keep talking to me. I'm going to have a good conversation. We're going to have good communication. When he comes home from work, we're going to sit at the table. He's going to tell me about his day. He's going to tell me about his life plans. I'm going to always be engaged, baby. You might find yourself a little disappointed. He comes home. He goes to his room. You go to your room. You watch a different television program. He's in the other room watching a different program. You meet up together, eat, then you disperse and go back to your own room. Marriage. (laughs) But yes, marriage can be the most fulfilling and the most satisfying relationship that you can ever experience. But it's not without obstacles or issues. Why? Because you are, there are two people who are vastly different from each other. We don't find out those differences until we say, I do. Now, though we're different, our differences usually complement each other. But sometimes our differences get on each other's nerves, too. Those are the things that we struggle with. In fact, most of us struggle, if you're going to be completely honest, most of us struggle with trying to meet the needs of our spouse. Why? Because for several reasons we struggle with it. Sometimes we're just self-centered. Sometimes we're just selfish. You do it for me and... You're me, me, me. I, I, I. And then there's times that we're not fully committed to meeting the other person's need. And then there's the issue of knowledge and understanding. Sometimes we don't have any uh, the right understanding or knowledge to be able to meet the needs of the person. That's why we have to be a lifelong learner of the person that we are married to. Be willing to learn, be willing to invest, be willing to make a deposit in. So as you grow together in your relationship, you'll grow stronger and stronger. But if we're going to learn how to have a loving relationship that lasts a, a lifetime, we must be willing to learn our spouse's primary love language if we're going to be an effective communicator of love. Now, according to Dr. Gary, he says there uh, in his book, Five Love Languages, he tells us, he gives us these five love languages. I want to just give them to you this morning. The first one is the words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touches. The number of ways to express love within this love language is unlimited. It's it's only limited to your 
imaginations. In other words, in these realms of these love languages, you can move in and out of them with your imagination and you can minister to your life partner. But it's important for us to speak the love language of our spouse, not just your love language. It's important to speak this love language of your spouse. In other words, it is important to understand and know what your spouse love language is. See, we cannot rely on our native love languages if our spouses do not understand them. If we want the, the feeling of love, if we want them to, to really know and understand that we love them, we have to be able to communicate and express it in a way that our spouses will understand love. See, you needed love before you fell in love, and you're still going to leave love even as you walk this journey of marriage out day by day. We still need love from each other. We need to feel the love from our spouse. That is at the heart of the matrimony desires. You're married. Why? Why did you get married? Did you get married just because? Or did you get married because you did want somebody to love you? You wanted a partner. You wanted a friend. You wanted somebody to do life with. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope you've enjoyed this message. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Jackie that she delivered to the congregation. She says to us that love is action. It's more than words. It is how we actively function and treat one another. I hope you've received some nuggets from that word that we can apply to our own lives and in our own relationships. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can hear it again by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Or you can go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, lowcf.org. We're still in the middle of this dynamic series, and Pastor Jackie is talking about how we receive love and how we give love and how it affects the lives of our loved ones. If you are in a marriage and you need to build your relationship, you need to come on out and be with us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. Then I want to remind you that we have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. We have Bibles and books and communion supplies, offering envelopes, and whatever you might need for your church or congregation. Call the Beacon Bookstore. It's on the campus of the Light of the World at 16161 Old Humble Road, and the phone number is 281 481-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.